0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: So here we go. We got Zach in studio yet again. Oh, it feels, it feels Record three podcasts in a row, That right. <laughs> I got a feeling
2: it may be four. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'll be, I, I bet it will be. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I bet it'll be four. <laughs> I'm hoping. So you mentioned yesterday, we never talked about it, but you had mentioned it uh, off air, that we, um, Layla and Mia have, uh, a new partnership or something. What'd you say? What's going on with the, the yeah, two so Layla's moving to Nashville.
3: I know my daughter told me this and, and she's going to room with your daughter. Yeah. which made me nervous. Really? Yeah. I started having flashbacks when I were with my cousin, <laughs> your brother, and they didn't yeah. work out. So they're well. in, in a lot of,
1: better place. Those were the dark years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't do what I did. Don't do what me and Jet did. I found out, uh, today, uh, a family of, uh, some dear friends of ours, their sons are about the same age as us that they're going to be in this, in the scene in the new movie. And it was really, it was so great because the the young man that's playing me, our stories are so similar. It just worked out that way. I mean, he didn't, you know, it's not like anybody really knew that, but we had just done some, uh, they just got married. So we'd done premarital counseling It was just, it was a neat thing to think. Yeah. How the big circle comes back around, you know. So it was. uh, I was kind of excited to hear about that. So, and that's what you're doing here, working on the movie. Working on the movie. Sweet. Go to. uh, Let me get my voice.
3: Go
2: to (laughs) theblindmovie.com. Is
3: that better, Jace? (laughs) That was way better.
2: (laughs) Oh, we. I don't think they. They probably didn't air me uh, making fun of making fun of you. I just said, look, some people, not some people, we all have quirks. And so Zach's quirk is when he's telling about a commercial or or an ad, he he goes into world wrestling voice (laughs) color commentary.
1: Let's get ready to
2: rumble. It's like you're on the radio now. And all of a sudden it's, sign up, uh, be the fifth caller, and we will send you a prize.
1: (laughs) So I don't know. It started like back... When we first started the podcast, because Zach would fill in for me when I was gone. you were out. I've never
2: laughed so hard when when (laughs) Zach did the commercials. And look, it wasn't like I was laughing because I could do a better job. (laughs) Everyone knows I'm terrible about doing the commercial. Uh, I can't function. But I need to find my world wrestling voice. I think the
3: best part was you and Phil coaching me.
2: Like, I don't even know. If, I don't think we ever aired that
3: part. No, I mean, we, we should have. Yeah, you guys coaching me on how to do the ads was the best part
1: because so it was it not on oh, your till your. Well, direction. early on, Blaze was like, "Well, we'd like to get you know, Jace and your dad to do more on the ads." I said, "Hey, we it, tr- it ain't happening. <laughs> we tried it. We tried it. It, it was it went crickets. nowhere. It was <laughs> it was just I'd look at the
2: paper, I'd turn to the mic, and I'd say, i would say, I just can't do it.' Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was hard. My, my brain." As y'all know, has issues. We all have our talents. does it work. We all well. have our thing. We bring to the to this table. It takes a village. So they were they were straightening it up earlier. Cade was, I uh, said this this oh. discussion in the last two podcasts was so vibrant that this table, which is weighs a ton because it's a somebody built it for us. It's like an old flatbed in the back of a diesel truck. That's where it came from. Hmm. Thing is heavy, but our discussion. In, in Mark chapter 11 was so vibrant that the table moved. It did. Based on our last two, but yeah, they were having to reposition it today.
3: So well, I got in here this morning. And I don't know how this happened, but I look at my seat and there's, it's just mud, like all in the seat.
2: Cause Phil puts his feet in your seat. Ah, okay, it's so right. called a footrest.
0: Okay, I thought he, I thought he was one of these germaphobes. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I he mean, he was He them. was really cleaning, and I thought, I wonder why he doing that for? a scared of germs. There's about but, yeah. six inches of mud on, yeah, that's, the, on the seat.
1: That's well, been compiled over several podcasts. I got
2: so, it. A, I, I got a news for you. There is a strong possibility that that's not mud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of dogs.
2: <laughs> Just so you know. Well. Uh, that would have been better left unsaid. <laughs> I know you said you had sinus issues. Yeah, because when I walked in, I did. My first thought was, "What does that smell?" Yeah. I'll tell you what I did for everybody. Uh, you know, reading about the humble king. I guess I actually changed a poopy diaper last night. Oh, Whew. Impressive. I think it was my first. <laughs> I've changed diapers with my kids, but I somehow it's I won been a the 20, lottery.
1: Twenty-year
0: run since then. Yeah. But throwaway and, uh, diapers was a breakthrough. <laughs> they just t- t- take them off, yeah. throw them in the trash. The women, I saw them when they took took. You, you, they yeah. shook them a little bit and washed them in a washing machine and yeah. dried them. And I mean, it was a lot of stuff being washed and dried every day with, with kids. Yeah, you know. So but, expensive, you know. But they yeah. they come up with a throwaway diapers. That was a Game changer. Well, oh, I just yeah. so because I hadn't seen him because he was in
2: Nashville with Missy for about, about a week, and I was incredibly busy yesterday, so I, yeah, I hadn't seen the guys. Missy said he and I was I was like, Missy, you gonna get him? Because I could hear him. Bah! And she said, Oh, he just he just woke up. He's fine because he woke up early from his nap. Yeah, but I was like, you know, he's standing up in that bed. She's like, if you want to go get him, go get him. So I was like, okay. But when I walked into the room, I thought, hey, oh, I know why he's crying. I know why he woke up early. I you know why he's standing. And so I'm not going to lie. When I popped that diaper open, <laughs> it triggered a gag <laughs> reflex. My eyes started watering because the look of it too. Because when I came down, I was like, Missy, do you realize that he's not chewing up his food? <laughs> It's just going straight through. It's just going down the hatch. (laughs) Yeah. She said, that's why we're cutting it into little pieces. I said, well, you need to train him. (laughs) We got to, what is the protocol for chewing the food? I said, he just pooped. And she said, I'll change it. I was like, no, I changed it. She was shocked. She fell over on the couch. And I was like, no, I changed it after I gagged for a couple of minutes. (laughs) So we went from but, eye rolls the day before to falling well, off was the couch and falling out. You're making probably, progress, but then it it caused quite the argument about why there are hunks of food that look like it had never been chewed. Never he's, been just, digested. he's just sending it down the hatch. Yeah, she's like, I mean, were you inspecting it? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> well, you're down there. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a rough business, man. Oh, that was rough. So I learned a valuable lesson. Be careful when you say I'll go get him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of the positive well, you, things you that were better happens, than me. One of the positive things that happens, uh, you can look at it two ways. But you, you can. I did. I lost all sense of smell. Yeah. Oh, the last. Well, two I'm or three ca- years. next time this happens, I'm calling you. Yeah, I can't smell it. Anymore. That's what
2: got me. It wasn't the how it?
0: rank it is. You say is any of that smell touching you? Not a bit. So yeah. it's just. This would have been a good test. Now, if for there's you. smoke somewhere, something is fixed to catch on fire. If you you would just you have no smell, you could you could miss things like that. <laughs> but what about <laughs> you this? Can, if, you can't even good. smell smoke. Now, how about this though? I have a problem. I that's... can't like a good meal's cooking. You say, Boy, it smells
2: good. No, not well not. listen to this. I have a problem that I don't consider a problem, but I have a quirk. Since we're talking about quirks. I'm when, shocked Jason would have a quirk. <laughs> I, this, I'll share the one. The least quirky First I know. No, this is a quirk I have. So when I'm frog hunting or fishing, or when, when I put my hand on the frog, I immediately smell it frying in peanut oil. I literally get the smell. It's Pavlo's dogs. So is that just memory? That's uh, like a classical conditioning, and that's what that is. Yep. Pavlov's dog. Yeah. I've never heard of it. It's an
3: experiment where he would he would ring the bell every time he would feed the dogs. So he'd feed the dogs, bang, ring the bell. Feed the dogs, bang, ring the bell every single time. And so then he came back and he rang the bell and the dogs began to salivate because they had been conditioned to respond to the bell with food. That was dinner
2: bell. Are you dinner. calling me a dog?
3: <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying you've been classically conditioned. <laughs> Yeah. So now you have a but physiological response. You did it to response. yourself. You it what to I'm yourself. saying is,
2: Phil, why don't you try that? I could try it. Because it seems like your memory would trigger the smell.
0: Yep. Did you lose the smell during COVID? Is that what happened? No, I lost them, and they said you got a little. Uh, what's the old? Uh, every every older man gets it. What they call it? It's oh, the prostate. Prostate. Prostate infection. Prostate infection. So you know. And they had to. Well, what's I got to do with the nose? That's why they're <laughs> <in>. <laughs> And but they had to get such a powerful dose of it. Oh so yeah. Here, animal, here animal. I am. I I hadn't had enough medicine. Mm. But boy, when they put that put me on that, it was the most that's powerful me thing. Queasy, Phil. <laughs> Antibiotic. So I came out of there. They fixed it. They fixed it all right. But, <laughs> <laughs> they fixed it up where I never smell again. <laughs> a little so bit over on the drip there. They had a drip above me and there, you there. Know, I, mm-hmm. I crawled to get in the vehicle to get up or I just crawled along. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't. Yeah, Bill prostate. came E-coli out. That bacteria. prostate goes. I'm just giving you young I mean, boots. You, you were in a bad spot. That was a bad spot. Oh, for I've, me to go to the doctor was yeah. a bad spot. I've told our uh, dad, I've told our urologist
1: because we shared the same guy, and I told him I, I'm breaking the generational curse of not listening to what the doctor said. I, I watched yeah. I watched Paul, I watched you crawling on the floor. I was like, no. Well Paul When I get an issue, I go in, tell me what I need to do, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Am I remembering correctly that he did that our grandfather
3: had a testicle rot off before and he never went. Well, to the doctor?
2: I wouldn't say that it was it 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 became noticeable to everyone <laughs> that there was a problem.
0: There was a that, swelling issue. <laughs> As yeah, I'm trying to
2: be delicate, but <laughs>
3: I just—I mean, I remember Lord like that. I, 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 <laughs> I have like a—I have like a vague memory
0: of something the with swelling the- issue, quickly deteriorated into the smelling <laughs> issue.
2: <Yeah>.
3: Oh man, <laughs> we just, never went to the doctor. I, right? I will not Why embellish. Never went? No. I
0: will. I will
2: not embellish, but you know, since we'll keep this PG-13. It went from playing marbles to picking grapefruits <laughs> without any em,
0: embellishment. It's true. The old so, doctor told Ms. Kay, he said, oh, I know what he's saying. That he's not come, coming and all that. And I said, oh, I'm not going to fool with that. Give me a little medicine something knock it out. No, you have to come up here. This is antibiotics. We don't have but one that will actually cure that. I mean, then it's powerful. And, and he told Kay, he said, he'll be here. He'd be crawling, but he'll be here. Yeah. it gets get so bad he'll he'll have to Was he up. right? He was right. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for and, a Robertson and I It hurt to, my
1: feelings <laughs> and it hurt my smell greatly. So that was your curse for not listening. I you you could have held yeah, on to that smell. Because he had the pills, but dad tells Dan, he said, Don't tell Al and Miss Kay, because I was at the doctor. Yeah. Don't tell him, but you know, I ain't taking these pills. Well, I'm
2: glad I uh, me sharing my vulnerabilities of <laughs> Doing my first
0: doo doo diaper allowed us to. <laughs> yeah, share that was quite the rabbit hole. Most <laughs> people rush that I've noticed, family members or not, rush rapidly into pills, and it's such a, I mean, a worldwide yeah. phenomena. No, it I'm, is, I'm just right. saying the pills, in my humble opinion, is is uh, overrated. Well, in your we in
1: your defense there. of your your argument. Mom had major problems from taking too many antibiotics. Yep, she in her gut, you know. Because she got C. diff. She got C. diff, which is that's what happens to older people when you take a lot of antibiotics. So, you're right. right. I mean, you got to have a balanced way. If well, you got it, E. coli in your body, you got to deal with that thing or it'll kill you. Well, in most things
2: in life, moderation is usually an excellent choice. That's right. But
0: I, I the old the old uh salt, the, the salt water, fresh salt water around New Zealand, you know, that's where we get the little <laughs> <tablet>. <laughs> The pristine waters, the pristine Omega waters.
1: XL. Yeah, yeah. Omega It's X- a free ad for, Omega. ad for Omega XL. Yeah.
0: Take a little shot of those, two or three or four of them, you know, every day. Yep. That and one baby aspirin, that's it. Which is good. Both those are excellent. And an occasional
3: antibiotic when you almost
0: die. No, I think he's only had one or two of There's those. one or those two ones. in my life so far yeah I Which stay away from that. I didn't realize that you lost your sense of smell, Oh, yeah, over that. Episode. there is a downside, yeah, to taking too many antibiotics, and I'm just saying You had to take an intervention they over so they overuse yeah. it over dispense it. in my I mean, if you humble had opinion. to lose one <clears throat> that would probably
3: be my first choice. Has it messed up your ability to enjoy food?
0: Taste it, is fine.
1: Yeah. You can taste, you just can't smell. I taste it, but can't smell it. Sometimes well, maybe one problem. of our
0: viewers will have some kind of. Uh, oh, I will somebody get somebody will home. come to my rescue out there in computer land. <laughs> By You're the right way, to tell somebody else I don't have a computer. That's I'll, another thing that. All drive the emails I'm getting about wasps,
1: stings, remedies, ways to kill them. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed. We're still looking for a uh, a sponsor. <laughs> That's on, right. On the the, exterminator, on the exterminator side.
3: <laughs> so make sure y'all reach out to us about
1: that. All right, let's uh, let's take a break. So I know how it is. Tis the season. We're trying to find that perfect gift um, in here in November and into early December for Christmas. And so we've got one for you. It's one of our favorite uh, sponsors of our podcast, Tommy John. And um, I, I admit, I've been a big Tommy John fan long before they were sponsors of our podcast because they just simply have a great product. And you know, underwear is something that everybody needs comfortable, you know, lounge wear as well. Um, everybody will love it. It's something that you, you can even get them for yourself if you want to, but they're great for gifts. Um, you don't really have customers at Tommy John, you have fanatics. So, uh, they have what they call their joy of cozy season. And we love that. Uh, every gift is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So they got pajamas, they got a lot of stuff to choose from. Good to buy for your wife or wife or your husband, girlfriend, whatever. So check them out. Uh, Shop Tommy John's Cyber Monday sale right now. You get 33% off everything, plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash Phil. It's one of Tommy John's biggest sales ever and of the year. So 33% off everything, plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash fill. See their site for details. All right, y'all ready to get into Mark 12? I think we need to just for
2: credibility. Yeah, because that went off the rails.
1: Yeah.
3: That's sad. That's what's in our reservoir, what we just talked about.
1: Well, like, it
3: well is
2: look. It was a traumatic. It. it was a traumatic night for me. I mean, when I peeled that diaper up back, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I I didn't plan on sharing that story, but that was it's traumatic. Still right there yeah. in your brain. Yeah, I, I've. Just, so you got to get that out. You can't let that. that that's right. Yeah, you got. You can't let that. Fester. You got to share that. I'll tell you what I did do is I went down and like patted my wife on the back and said, "I really appreciate everything you do," around Because yeah. I because she said, you know, that's one of hundreds. I was like, "Oh, I get it.
0: I get it." I just, uh, but, you know, she was delighting you for being great, just so that you'd keep on changing the diapers. And not her, <laughs> she pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, one time, I was you get caught, in there and wash I out. I was those... there alone with you, and she was somewhere. But I mean, it, it was like a, you know, if I was there just with a child, you know, I didn't have to go. I, I never find myself in that situation. <laughs> Except one time. She made sure you were never You never missing. forgot. I, I actually changed the diaper and wiped your butt and got you back in business. <laughs> but I didn't like it. Well, thank you, Dad. I'm so appreciative you yeah, just you let, didn't like let me sit in oh, it. It was well, good. It was a yeah, bucket list.
2: Yeah, uh, I, learned.
1: I was learning. It was a bucket list <laughs> thing for me. I was raised by teenagers on a college campus. Yes. Just let that sink in. Yeah, That it's a miracle that I'm even at this table. I mean, you and mom were teenagers. Yeah. On yeah. a college campus in in couples housing. That's a, that's All how I I was raised.
0: My first Old year. school said
1: think about are your daughters me in me college? And, yeah,
0: men produce children. They don't take care of them once they. Yeah, I'm glad we came a long way from that.
1: Yeah, it's much better to.
0: It's, it takes a village. And it
2: a does better. Um, what do you want to do twelve? I mean, we finished, I believe, at the end of Mark 11
1: over yeah, this authority but, question. In the last, and this, just to give a quick recap, and for folks, we we in Mark eleven, we sort of shifted gears. Jace gave us a sort of a look ahead. We're, well, Mark shifted gears. Well, right, yeah. Mark shifted gears. We just noticed it, and because uh, now we're centering in on the last eight days of Jesus being on, well, not on the earth, but because he appeared for forty days after. But, well,
2: until he revolutionized the earth. Yeah, until it, till, till, that? until
1: he came back wow. from the dead. And uh, so he comes into Jerusalem. We talked about that. Then there was this situation where he curses the fig tree and he clears the temple. And all that had a lot of meaning beyond just the, the simplicity of the two acts. And then we had this, <clears throat> the last thing we looked at is his authority is question. And I think this kind of takes us into the next chapter because now we're kind of moving into a authority issue. Well, because now he's
2: embracing the fact that he is king. He's the son of David and that he's 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 here in, in public. He he's I mean the people have created this I mean I don't like the phrase triumphal entry. I I don't, I don't I can't think of a better phrase for that. I guess that's what we call it, but what would be a better I mean, It's like going public. Yeah. We're going public with who the Lord is, who
0: who he is. Right. Now it was Remember, comical. He has to roll yeah. it at some point. I am God. Well, right, and, and you know, you know, you can do a try. Try to human beings can do a lot of with acting and all of this stuff, but to be the actual God who became flesh, that's a tough sell for most human beings. But look, then and now, this was his coming he, out party. Yep. But and he's picking a fight here in the temple.
2: Yep. I mean, that's not what he was doing, but that's what he was doing because they're, they're he's he's deemed as a threat right once he's embracing bracing this and you got to remember but he's, he's, he's won at- the crowd over through this resurrection <coughs> of right. Lazarus correct so these people now are it's looking like this is some kind of insurrection rebellion type mm-hmm. movement and so it helps helps you understand because the religious leaders they're like trying to position themselves in how they're going to deal with this. The politicians are trying to position themselves and
0: so when you get in in with that in mind, it gets to the end. Why are you there? Why are you there, Jace? When Jesus said who's really going to come up against me and the problems when he started in in Mark chapter 8 and Mark uh, Matthew chapter 16, he began to explain to a disciple he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. Where yet, at, Phil? At the, this is Matthew sixteen when he first announced it. And Mark does it in chapter eight, but he still identifies, let's, for lack of a better term, his enemies. Uh, the, the, he they will do, they will uh, do. They, he will suffer many things. You say, well, who's going to be doing all the causing you all these problems at the hands of the elders? The elders. Or who worked at the temple were under the law? Mo- Chief priest, they're part of the group that's against me and they're going to kill me. And teachers of the law, and I must be killed. On- he identifies the, his enemies. He identified them. And when you get to Mark chapter 9, 10, 11, that same group, you know, you put it in three groups there when you wrote about it, Dale, The Herodians, well, he's going to mention them in 13 of chapter
2: 12 yeah. when it says, later they sent some of the Pharisees, Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus. And then when you get to verse 18 of 12, which we're in chapter 12, we we get a argument from the Sadducees. So you got Sadducees, yep. Pharisees. But he's Herodians.
0: identified the, the group of the law keepers under the law of Moses. They're his enemy. They're, they're, well, they're,
2: well, the it, chief priests, teachers of the law, and the elders, that's in 1127. Yep.
1: And I think that's who he's speaking to. Jason, here. I want to read yeah. this because you you made a good point a minute ago that we didn't talk about in the last podcast. Lazarus's resurrection was a real tipping point. It was a catalyst. Catalyst for this whole thing. And I want to read remind you of this. This is from John 11. So after he raised him, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary... And had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. So that was obviously the people they're
0: excited now. He's God, and they're not.
1: Right. Well, look, before you read this, you got to
2: take the time out here. This is not some clever story that somebody come up with. I mean, just picture someone you love, your cousin, your son, your wife, and they die, and you go to the funeral. And then three or four days later, they're back and you're eating a meal with them. Yeah. Now you want to become this is greater than your favorite football team winning or <laughs> you win the lottery. You're like, "I oh don't know if I won the lottery, that'd be the greatest day of my life." No. You're one of your closest people in your life. Your
1: brother, your,
2: yeah. You went to his funeral and now you're eating a meal with you're you're back. You're having yeah. a party. I mean, th- th- so what you say what does that lead to? That leads to people doing whatever they want to do. They they're no longer concerned with the government politics, right. religious leaders, uh cultural traditions. This is this was a life change. I mean, I think you gotta make that a strong point because this is what actually contributed to Jesus eventually dying. Because right. the people they're going crazy here. And that's why he keeps going there every night. And I think they're whipping everybody up. Everybody's excited there and meanwhile, he, Jesus is now going public. So they're like, now we're talking. It's time. Now we're, we don't care that you're on the
1: donkey. You raised my cousin from the dead. I'm going with him. That, that's what was happening. Yeah, until he died, and then it had to happen again with his resurrection. So here's verse 46. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting. Uh-oh, got to call a meeting. Yep. Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they said. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, <laughs> huh. think about that statement. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. If we let him. And, and that sounds fantastic. But here's, here was their problem, Jase. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Yep. So that's it. That's going to so, be shifting the it's political good. gear. So the teachers of the law, the
2: Pharisees, and I mean, the chief priests and the elders, they have this dissertation at the end of 11 about, uh, you know, with Jesus, cause, cause they said, where'd you get this authority? Yeah,
1: that, That's what, what, what gave you the authority and who gave you the authority? Yeah. Those are two questions. So, so Jesus, no, hang on, let's take a break. So obviously the Christmas season, the reason why it's so important is we celebrate the birth uh, of Jesus Christ. Um, and you know, we also celebrate Mary's uh, choice to have him. You know, she was a teenage girl. Uh, she wasn't married. She was a betrothed, and uh, she made a decision for life. And so she really set the example for the rest of us. Uh, that's why life is so important to us on the Unashamed podcast and also to some of our really good friends at 40 Days for Life, uh, one of my favorite pro-life groups. They've got a million volunteers in a 1,000 cities uh, they believe that prayer can work in this spiritual warfare of decision-making when someone's uh, in a situation they hadn't planned for and there's a life at stake. And so uh, they pray for that. They have vigils um, all around the world and and all around the country uh, where they're praying for good decisions for women to make the choice for life. And so we want to join these guys. We want to support them. Uh, check out their locations. They've got a podcast. They have a free magazine uh, as well, that kind of keeps you uh, up to date on what's happening in the pro-life movement, especially now that we've moved into what we call post row America. And by the way, that means we're going to be working more and harder, not less. So check them out. Uh, they, they are at 40daysforlife.com. That's the number, 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out, see what you can do to help them and support them.
2: So Jesus comes up with one of many clever things we're fixed to read. Now, look, they're kind of hard to wrap your head around. I mean, they are. And, and I thought about this before we started this today, because chapter 12 can be complex, just like the end of chapter 11 was. And what amazes me about Jesus is that when it comes to your personal relationship with him and him talking, it it's simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is simplified. When it comes to politics and your nation uh, or your religious bureaucracy or the rules, all of a sudden he gets real complex and hard to follow, which I think is one, Listen, two one th- funny.
0: 2,000 years later, over 2,000 years later, these factions, mm-hmm. they call them left, they call them right, they call them pre- progressive and, and so, uh, communist. Yeah, and uh, all, yeah. They're all still there. Yeah. His enemies are still there. And, they're, right. and 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 afraid the same
3: motivation is is what the, the somebody bigger is going to come in and take our place take our place all right. right and we're
2: gonna get oh. to that look i'm I'm <clears throat> trust me uh I had just a moment last night, just in research, that when I got to... Was it before or after the diaper change? This is way after. How You had to go through the wilderness. It was was a stinky wilderness. And then I had some other problems come up just in my life. I just
1: wonder how the Almighty worked that out. At
2: about 10 o'clock, it all got quiet. Everybody was gone. The phone was no longer, people were no longer trying to call. I talked to you last night, about eight, somewhere in there. And then all of a sudden, I started studying, and uh, I think I looked up at about one a.m. after I had read and researched chapter twelve, the 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 paragraph about paying taxes to Caesar. You remember that paying yep. the imperial tax, right? And uh, it led me to Luke six, which I hopefully will get there because what Jesus is introducing here, and I think Zach. Coined the phrase, "He's turning their kingdom upside down," but it's not about Jesus is a better king. And you remember in Hebrews talked about He's better, He's better. This is about revolutionizing your concept of kingdom.
0: Yeah, because it's it's actually the exact opposite with immortality being part of the deal. Yeah. Immortality. And, and just to give an,
2: give an overview of what I'm going to be discussing from Luke 6, when you think about what makes a king or a politician important, well, what do they have to do? They have to get elected, or they have to have, if it's a monarchy, you know, they have to have, they have the bloodline. Yeah, you know, have the bloodline. And so then, so what makes them uh, be influential? And there's four things that's gonna come from Luke six. I mean, look, this is gonna be eye popping. Because when you compare that to what who Jesus is and what he's introduced in the kingdom, and just if y'all disagree, disagree. But number one, power. You gotta have power if you're gonna be influential. Yeah. Number two, success. Cause if you're not successful, guess what? They'll either kill you or not elect you. Move you out. Yeah. Number three, comfort, because you you say what is what is comfort? It goes along with success and power. These people are comfortable; <laughs> they have people doing stuff. Yep. Uh, and four, recognition. So, and you'll see those. I mean, it's Luke. I didn't get this out of a book. It's you're, Luke. You're it's spot Luke on six with that,
0: with that thinking right there. It, That's exactly
2: right. It's Luke six, and maybe it's helpful. I mean, maybe through the Holy Spirit is telling me to read this before we read our text. But you know, Luke six is an unusual thing. But Jesus, he says, and I'll I'll show you where I got that. Uh, it's a version of the Sermon on, on the Mount when he says in verse twenty, "Blessed are you who are poor." For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and re- reject your name as evil. So these these people that Jesus just described are not powerful, uh, successful, and worldly, comfortable, or recognized. They're actually being persecuted, right? But look at the opposite when he says rejoice in that day, verse 23, uh, for great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. But woe to you. Here we go. Who are rich for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh. for You will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you for that is how their fathers treated the false prophets. I really think it's a great picture there of what Jesus is introducing. Yeah. Because you think about, what do you do with his worldly power, his worldly success, his worldly comfort, and his worldly recognition? He, gave it, he up. gave it all away. Yeah. I mean, a man don't have anything. Right. And so all the people he's fixed to do battle with, especially when this conversation with Caesar comes up, well, here he's rich, he's powerful, He's comfortable. He's successful. He's recognized as king. I mean, that's that's really he's turning on his head. So, what's before I read the text in chapter twelve? What's ironic about all this is most people in politics they become powerful, successful, and comfortable and recognized when they're elected, but Jesus accomplished all those things when he was executed. Yep. it was a trap. That I mean, yeah, it was a spiritual trap. And by doing that, he basically revolutionized the world and introduced. Yeah, and one of the,
0: it it, the apostle Paul said later on, if they had known that, that he was going well, right. to save that the world, they, they wouldn't have crucified. Oh,
2: him. he beat him at his own game. They sure Cause they're did. like Because even like the deal about Barabbas, when you think about it, he was less of a threat because what's he going to do? Well, he's just going to go out there and start another, get him some more gorillas, and yeah. and here we go. Well, they're going to put him down. But what Jesus? did it was was camouflage to their doom and and failure and i mean i'm talking about making sinful decisions and being people of power thinking you possess this power because all that stuff all it does is just change places
3: his his uh ministry and kingdom was a just uh, it was like you said it was not just a, a version it wasn't a better version of the old way it was a completely new way Oh, it was, which is why it was so threatening. Where like Barabbas or any anybody else, for that matter, that would come in, uh, they weren't really a threat. I mean, they may be a little threat, but it's a threat that they you know and you can control, and you, it, it operates inside of your framework. And then Jesus is coming here with a framework they don't need to understand, which is what I think he's getting at with this parable of, of the vineyard owner, which is pretty big scald on the on the. You know, leaders religious that, leaders.
2: Oh, yeah. That's who he's going to throw under the bus first. Then he's going to throw Caesar sort of under the bus. But but I was just going to make one other point. You got to realize that all these people in power and the politics that are involved that he's fixed to address. You think about what they say they're going to do. We're for the people. Yeah, we're, we're. But when you look, they're for the people who agree with them, because if you challenge their power, oh, they're not for you. And so, and that's why they're trying to trap Jesus. They're like, well, this guy, we're not really sure we can control him. Yeah. And we're not sure what his stance is on various issues. And so that's where all these problems are coming. And look, what what I'm getting at is when you look at what Jesus' kingdom brought, it brought freedom, vindication, uh rectifying injustice to all people. He was for all people. He's running around trying to make the best for everyone, which right. is really what our politics and religious leaders should be all about. Right. But when you have that power in a worldly kingdom setting, you have to protect it. And when people <coughs> come up that are opposed to
1: you, you destroy what's it. The, yeah. uh, what's the old uh, saying, that Absolute power corrupts yeah. absolutely. Look, his
0: promise to him. Uh, I'll give you love, I'll give you joy, I'll give you peace, I'll give you patience, I'll, bring, I'll give you kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, I'll give you all that. That's what you'll receive if you just follow me. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was a hard sell then, Well, what about now, boys? What do y'all think? It's still, still a hard sell. Let's take another break.
1: Uh, you. Huh? Go ahead.
3: Yeah, you mentioned uh, yeah, Lord Acton said it. He said that power tends to corrupt and absolute power cor- corrupts absolutely. So yep. when you when you consolidate power like that, like we're just not meant to handle you know, that kind of thing. But I do think that so much of this goes back to power. And I am so glad you mentioned that, Jace. I mean, that's really what what happens is when you because when you get in power like the 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 biggest threat then becomes what if I lose power, mm-hmm. and then t- what the the modus operandi is of, of us as humans is then we begin to the the uh, ends justify the means, and so we start compromising on things. You, I mean, we see this all the time in politics. We we talk about it even in conservative politics, which we're conservative, but like you know it's not conservatism is not the end goal right i mean like it's i mean as jesus people i mean we're 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 part of a different kingdom and so as long as your side's winning then you're good with whatever as long as you win you know as long as we get to the end of what we and and we'll justify these things and then you look over a couple generations and these are and now even quicker than that these movements get corrupted very rapidly and i think that's what was so threatening here about what's going on with jesus because you think about Like even inside the Jewish community, like you've got you've got political factions there in this setting. Exactly. Uh, In Mark. I mean, Matthew's account, you have the Sadducees and the Pharisees and they're not on the same team. No.
2: Right. Well, even in uh, what the the, what I'm referencing to about paying taxes to Caesar, you have the Pharisees and the Herodians. Well, they're not on the same team at all. Politically. But they've joined forces because why? We have a threat here. That's right. Yep. That's why
3: I said the enemy of my enemies, my friend. And and Jesus exactly. is the enemy. He he's like stands in opposition to kind of the Roman Empire, the Herodians, the Pharisees. I mean, he's like this figure that this this he's bringing this kingdom that and it's well, you see it in Daniel. That's what Daniel said. All these other kingdoms are gonna fall. Yep. But then there's this yep. other one
2: coming. Right.
3: One that that's why
1: Mark lays the stories out the way he does in this chapter. Is he showing the forces aligning? Because this, no, this is. is how they're going to make it happen.
2: Yeah. So let me read this. So, we get to chapter twelve, and he began to speak them in parables. Look, this this parable is pretty easy to understand, <laughs> which is funny because you
1: mentioned it a minute ago uh, about Mark simple 12. and Complicated, but this is one of the easier parables. Is, Mark it, twelve,
3: because <laughs> look, this is like a thing, this is like the spotlight is being turned on,
2: That's and it, right. it,
3: this is an indictment. Yeah.
2: Well, and look, I'll I'll do this just for. Just, just for humor, that's not funny. but if I read chapter 12 verse 12 first, after he tells them the parable, whatever he tells them, these and you got the groups here, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders I'm basing that on 11:27. But so 12:12 12, 12 says, then they look for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. So whatever he whatever he said, they got it. And look, they this understand. is this was not a suitcase sermon, which we've made a joke about before. That one of those kind that you know, if you give on Sunday, that they're going to say, "Pack your bags." That was great, and will never come back. <laughs> but they, this they taught us in school about the suitcase. Ceremony. This was a coffin sermon. Yeah, that's right. And so here's what he says: A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a a watchtower. If you're looking for application right off the bat, I'll tell you. It had everything it needed to produce, and it was given. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants, which is another neat. Not only did it have... A, you know, the crop being planted, it had a wall around it. There's a pit for a wine press. They have a watchtower. It's now comes with servants to actually do the work. At harvest time, he sent a servant to to the tents to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him and sent him away empty handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He he sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send a son whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, they will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him, killed him, threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give that vineyard to others. And then he says, haven't you read this scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So then they looked around trying to kill him. And, but it says, but they were afraid of the crowd, which is the crowd... With Jesus, who has realized this guy can raise the dead, they left
1: and went away. There it is. That's a scald. And I like in the, uh, I think it was one of the other, it was uh, in the, I think it was a Matthew account. It doesn't, Mark doesn't mention this, but it makes it worse when you throw this in there. When Jesus asked that question, what will he do to those tenants? They're so into the story, the crowd, that they say, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he had them yeah. in the moment. And he invoked the crowd, right. And, and that's one of the reasons why they were, like, yeah. afraid to make a move. Let, let's take our last break.
2: And I think we need to point out that these were the teachers of the law, the scribes, uh, the... These are the power brokers. And they were fully aware of Isaiah chapter five. We're not fully aware of Isaiah five. But if you read Isaiah five, I will guarantee you, if you read the whole chapter, you will say, whoa, yeah, it is scary. It is. But it starts off. It's like Jesus's version of Isaiah five. And look, Isaiah five was written to the nation of Israel. It says it clearly. This was a parable told to... uh, I guess the theology of the Jewish leaders of the nation of Israel. Right. It, I mean, or what is the word for that? theocracy? I guess would be a better word. Yeah, these were uh, the these were the upper
3: echelon power brokers. They, I mean, the, the, yeah, this was this was the clergy.
1: This was the, I mean, this these were the people. And you're right, Josh, comparing it into in, a theocracy because, as far as their world was concerned, there were other political factors we've been talking about with Herod. And also with the Romans, but but their day to day lives, especially their relationship with God, yeah. These were the guys that had their hand on the scale. I mean, these were the mm-hmm. guys that could kick you out. You know, they could stone you. They they could kill you. When you when you, uh, when you
3: certain certain mentioned that, when it had the, the part about the inheritance, let's kill him, and his inheritance can be ours. You think well, what 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 were they talking about? I mean, I think where, where did he just leave? The temple. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That was their stomping ground. They they. That was where they were making their money. That was where they had their power and their structure and their control. So, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of this is tied up into the temple, you know, as a, as a tangible kind of expression of what, what
2: people.
1: No, there's no doubt. And, and I like and the I, way I say, yeah. he compares the idea of Yahweh, the father, as the one who's sending all these prophets and this, you know these people that they're yeah. killing. And, and, then hence, and then the son. I love the way Jesus, even in this parable, humbles himself to the idea because he, he was God, too. Yeah. But he was like, I'm just the son that came. I was the last one available yeah. to sin to make a difference. And I'm so glad you brought up Isaiah 5, Jace, because Jesus being there when that was written and being there all the way through, because like, he's, he's the same yesterday today, and forever. He was there. So it's like a little tip of the cap to way back in the old days of Isaiah. Remember, yeah. remember back, in, and you're right, they knew that story. I mean they knew no, they, they knew Isaiah well. And it's a
2: woe story. And it just to pick out a couple verses on it. I mean, the first three or four verses he use the same terminology with yep. the watchtower and the wine press. And yep. he gets down to verse seven. He says, The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. Yep. And, you know, so he he, he clearly makes that uh, connection to Zach's point, like verse nine, surely the great house will become desolate. The fine mansions left without occupants. So he's, he's, he's uh, using a little prophetic language here mm-hmm. on what happens when you rise up against the Lord. And so even a couple other things that are that kind of scary, like verse 14, Therefore the grave enlarges its appetite and opens its mouth without limit. And into it will descend their nobles and masses with all their brawlers and revelers. So that's why when you go back to Mark 12, when he says, so I'll send, I'll, I'll send uh, my wrath, you know, to kill the tenants. Yeah. So it's the same application. And look, and, and you say, well, why? He explains it. Verse 16, but the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice, and the holy God will show himself holy by his righteousness. It's not like God is mad or angry or doing this you know, from bitterness or hate. He's demonstrating holiness and justice. I mean, this is, and what the story of Mark 12 represents are the prophets that he sent. That What did they do? They beat them. They killed them. They killed them. Yep. And yeah. then he sent his son, and what did they this, do to him? Thanks. The very people he's talking to are fixed to kill him. Yep. I mean, what a parable. A great point Great
3: point that we should point out that the, the, the my translation says slaves, but servants are slaves. <laughs> these, these are the prophets that came before Jesus mm-hmm. and proclaiming this kingdom and the coming of the Messiah, and they killed every one of them.
2: Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. I wanna just read this one last thing because in Isaiah five, because in his demonstration of holy and justice, you're like, well, what what is the big deal? This seems harsh of God. Well, watch what he accuses them of in verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. They were justifying murdering these prophets and even they're justifying uh, persecuting Jesus. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Well, this is starting to sound familiar just Mm -hmm. in the humanity of life on our planet. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks, who acquit the guilty for the bribe and deny justice to the innocent. Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw and as dry grass sinks down in the flames... So their roots will decay and their flowers blow away like dust, for they have rejected the law of the Lord Almighty. I mean, whoa. (laughs) So I think it's interesting and ironic and inspirational that Jesus tells these people who are questioning his authority this parable. I mean, you're drawing a line. That's right. We drew a line that would inspire them to do what? To put their faith and trust in Jesus and as the son of God, well, you hope, but it actually, and that's why we made the whole point the last podcast, is it it actually was a dividing line where people, you have on one side people loving who this is and understand his grace and forgiveness and Mm. resurrection. And on the other side, you got people
1: who are hating him because why? He's a threat to their power. And what you just described is exactly why we believe in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we'll get there in Mark 13, that then Jesus lays out the picture of what's going to, the judgment that's going to come on these people. But God's grace is there because he's going to give them 40 years to have a chance to do the right thing. And and a lot of them did. I mean, yep. that's, that's where the church came. It's,
3: from. it's, it's almost like, I'm trying to think of a way to explain this and even understand it, but God's power—it's a given. It's like you know we want to make it about power, but with God, His power is a given. Like that's not even in the equation. And so when you see what He's accomplishing here, when it says the stone which the builders rejected, well, how'd they reject that stone? Well, they—they're they, going to kill him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so that that became the 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 actual rejection of the stone then becomes this became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. God accomplishes like through the through the through the emptying of himself. He his power is in the emptying of himself. And there's something pretty profound about that that you can rest in that, right? Because everything that we fear, everything that we were um that we worship, all the, all these things like as, as humans obsessed with power and God's like I'm so powerful that I can give up my power. Yeah. Yeah. And still accomplish what I want to accomplish.
2: To to your point, in Luke's version of this story, Luke 20, you know, it same pretty well seems similar. It's like uh in verse 16, he'll come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Uh when the people heard this, may this never be, Jesus looked directly at them and said then, then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. But watch what he adds here in Luke's version. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. But he who on, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. And that's why I said he's drawing a line in the sand. You're, this earthly power and success and comfort and recognition, what is it going to really do for you in the end? Somebody else is just going to take it up and you're mm-hmm. going to be like a you know a crushed little flower.
0: So how many people during a current election or what direction <clears throat> the country ought to go? Well, I never heard
2: anybody mention Jesus? Well we're talking about that next podcast because now we get into the politics on the next. Paragraph. Did anybody
0: say anything about, 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 about what about if we up- we're, we're addressing
2: up. that? That's a good tease, <laughs> Phil. Perfect hey. tease. We're In at. the overtime, I wanted to bring up the practical side of what that means, him furnishing the wine press and the watchtower. and Because it made me think of that 2 Peter 1 3 when he says, He's given us everything we need for life and God. Because that was his underlying point yeah. that nobody's really declaring. He gave them everything they need to understand. It wasn't like he bamboozled them. It was a tough
0: sale then, and it's
1: still a tough sale now. And it brings a lot of other text to light I want to talk about in the overtime, too. So if you want to follow us over at blazetv.com slash unashamed, use the promo code Phil, you're going to get $10 off your subscription uh, as we dive a little more into this uh, meaty topic. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes.